Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 10, Episode 12, titled American. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one fastidious co-host from the Patreon side of the podcast. Please say, fuck the crack, to Evan Ayers. <laughs> things hi joe <laughs> hello evan well you know the, from, the, I, on the other side of the country and the other side of the show here i am yeah you know what, the reason i went with that one is I, as i felt when i was watching it there were super obvious <laughs> ones that probably everyone thought like oh that's gonna be the clip zero tomorrow is eureka making the elephant noises or something like that right and so <laughs> when i was editing the show and i heard him say fuck the crack i was like you know what that's clip so zero funny. today. Anyway, so Evan Ayers, this, now we're doing another episode. Now you're on the other side of the country. You've left You've left Malibu. Now, the last time people heard you, you were still here in Malibu. You were downstairs recording with me. While I was upstairs, you were downstairs, and then Taylor was in Florida, where he mm-hmm. lives. Now you're recording in the comfort of your own home in Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. What has it been like? You know, I wouldn't say that the comfort is of a higher level here in my home in D.C. versus where we were in Malibu. But um, you know what? I am I am okay, man. I have had a rough week, and what? it's mostly it's. And I'm going to attest most of it to any any return from vacation back to reality is never mm-hmm. easy. That's, my parents always said that when I was younger, but I never really believed them. I get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back coming back to the real world after having a wonderful vacation is tough. But considering like how just amazing, you know, my my time in California with you was, like n- this week was gonna be rough anyway. But it's just a lot of stuff has come up, and I'm oddly like really jet lagged. Like I was like there were like four days like the, like honestly I'm still not totally like with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not to complain, but yeah. So uh, between that, and I also gained ten pounds in California. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. You're welcome. I lost 10 pounds, so no thank you. You took them from me. <sighs> yeah, it's... Uh, so anyway, that aside, um, I'm good. It's it's nice to be home. It's Friday, so I don't know when you'll be hearing this, but it's been a long week. The week's behind us. I miss you very much. It's weird not seeing your face. Um, how are you? I want to talk about this song, actually, that we're listening to. Can you hear it? Mm-hmm. How so- much I wept. Well, that's what I want to talk about. I want to, because I, you know, you had played, I had never, because I'm such an old fucking man, I had never heard the song. I'd heard of the song, but I'd never heard the song Malibu, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so then you played for me, and I was like, oh, what a cute little bop, you know? And uh, and whatever, okay? Then I thought it'd be, it'd be kind of sweet, I thought, because you were kind of emotional when, we were emotional when we left, weren't we? We were serving you some Sasha and Shakulay season nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought well, on the drive over, you know, and, and and everyone should know when you're driving from Malibu to the airport. Well, if you drive from Malibu anywhere to, to Los Angeles, the ocean's on your passenger side. And it was night and it was you we were taking you to the airport and you just rolled the window down and you were just very quiet and you just took, you just stuck your head out the window. I could tell you're just like taking it all in, looking at the ocean before you went home you know and i go you know what i'm gonna play this song i thought it was a good idea you know and then i played it and everyone should listen to (laughs) everyone should listen to the word because then i immediately felt guilty i didn't know the words but listen to these lyrics listen to these lyrics i never came to the beach i stood by the ocean 
So at this point, I'm like, okay. I never sat by the shore under the sun with my feet in the sand that you brought me here. And they're like, oh shit. And I'm happy that you did. And then this is when you like start like. Oh God. And I can't say that I was. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't think that. I, don't, I didn't look that deeply into the song, but obviously, like that was a big part of why I got annoyed. That was like I was already like very sad and kind of on edge, and that you just you full throttle with playing that. But I wasn't upset about it. It was a nice emotions don't scare me. So here, here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. So what was it like? So you 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 get on the airplane and you fly in, and then you land in DC. And is there what is it like? What happens? Um, it's terrible because I took the red eye. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, shocker, I got hooked up with free alcohol. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I got wasted and I yeah. slept. And before I knew it, I woke up and I was in D.C. Mm-hmm. And it was seven in the morning. Um, and it was Pride weekend here in mm-hmm. D.C. Sure. And so I, you know, like didn't really get a great night's rest, but I you know, hadn't been around my friends or whatever. So I went to Pride. That was mm-hmm. a shit show. And yeah, it's I noticed that it's it's muggier here. Um Obviously, I mean, it's DC's a lovely city, and I, I'm very happy to live here, but uh, it took me a while to take myself out of reality. The first day back at work was tough. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was, it was nice to have Sweet Michael in the office just, mm-hmm. like, kind of sit down and be like, all right, let's talk about, you know, why you were the way you were when you came back from, from California Oh, so you guys time. actually did talk about it. What do you mean? What? You and Sweet Michael, because you said you were going to talk to Sweet Michael, because you had said, uh, helping I'm not telling the tale out of school here, that... The way you were feeling, there's only one other person who could relate, and that was Sweet Michael, who had a similar emotional... Look, people fall in love with Joe and Los Angeles when they stay with me in Malibu. There's just, it's, the, it's the perfect you know, the perfect three. It's the hat trick. Joe Batanz, Malibu, then Taco Tour Los Angeles, you know? So when Michael yeah. visited me, he's emotional when he leaves, too. So you said he was the only person that you could relate to, but I didn't know you guys had the conversation. Yeah, we just talked. Well, we had a we had several conversations this week, um, and that was one of them. And I mean, again, it was it was the realization that 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 was just such a special, you know, time. Just because I know very well that that is not what life is for most people living in California. So for me to be like, oh my god, I'm I want to move there in a heartbeat. Like it's it's impossible not to fall in love with yeah. with that environment. So it, it just made it harder. But yeah, it was nice to know that um, I could talk to Michael. And again, I mean that's how I know you. And that's how I met, you know, your friends out there. These are all people that Michael has told me about and, you know, you as well. So it was just, not, you know, it was, it was nice to put similar experiences and actually, you know, just have finally shared the same experiences to some degree. So. Yeah, can we never talked on the show about how you fell in love with my friend, Sonia. You know? Oh yeah. I think about her all the time. Do you really? I'm just, I mean, I don't know what it is. Cause she was just like, she was just so because people were like, oh, who are you hanging out with, or who'd you, like, who'd you meet? And I, you know, I didn't like say names. I was like, there was just, just this one regal bitch, like, and like regal, like bitch in a good way. Uh-huh. Just I don't know why I was so taken by like her presence and her. I mean, her daughter liked me a lot, which was really nice. Like, have you gone? Me. Have you gone on Hulu and watched any of her shows? No, I kind of don't want to. Oh, really? I, I mean, I watched like, like a, I watched a YouTube clip that she was in, um, but but my boyfriend is like a big fan of that show she was on, so he like was gagged. You can but say I, who I she is. I produce her podcast. It's public knowledge. He's talking about Sonia Walger. She's an actress. She was on Lost. 
Uh, well, I don't want to be that person that goes to LA once and starts dropping names. Um, my name's not Willem. And, but no, no, but, but it had nothing to do with the fact that she was on TV. I just, I think she was just, she just looked like she's just so fresh and she was like, she, I don't know. She was just, I really was, uh, taken by her everyone everyone it was so amazing that's not to sit that's not implying anything but um yeah i was i was really really uh shook by her and you know who else i had a really i'm um really much enjoying melissa mcqueen like she followed me and i feel very special oh look at you yeah she posts funny yeah my friend melissa mcqueen's very very funny um yes but any other big events this week let's recap the week let's close the the book yeah sorry uh okay what else happened i got a tattoo oh that's right you did get a tattoo what did you get a tattoo of um i got another dinosaur it was just a little it's just a little guy in the back of my forearm um it was it's something that i wanted to do for a while but i just really didn't have uh a reason or time to do it and then i'm George, my roommate, who was going to be joining us for a little bit here today, and his boyfriend had plans to go get them, and I just kind of tagged along like I tend to do with them. So I got that. Is it because – did you get it because – And I got uh, – go ahead. Did you get it because Jurassic World is opening this week? Um, actually, no. No. That's funny. That's interesting that you say that. But no, I mean, it's, I've, I don't know if I've talked about my very, very intense um, infatuation with dinosaurs that stems back to a, literally when I was like two years old. That's why you liked hanging but, out with me. You know that song by Kesha? D-I-N-O-S-A, you are a dinosaur. That was my theme song. That's your ringtone, actually, for me. Sorry. And um, uh, what, Go ahead. <laughs> what else happened? Um, yeah, it's just been really, it's been a really, really busy week. And it's Friday though, so yeah, I haven't. I we haven't heard from you at all. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing very well. Very relaxing time here in Malibu since you not since you left because you left, but like you know, I had people come visit me the day after you left. I was really tired. So starting Monday was actually was really my first like Joe gets to just chill and do nothing vacation day i was so excited when i left i wasn't so excited but you know it was just there was a lot of build-up to you being here and then we did a lot of stuff when you were here and let's face it i am not 26 i'm i'm 22 (laughs) no not but but, okay but can we go on the record and say that i was a lot easier than you thought i would be that i not easier that didn't sound god cut that out Mm -hmm. um that there, like it, every, there was no stress at all. Like the, I mean, I obviously your efforts and your concern in the planning is a sign of how much you care and how much of a wonderful host you are. But it was like the perfect amount of relaxation and doing things. I thought I had such a great time. I agree with you, but I think you think that in hindsight. But I think when you were here, this is the sense that I got. When you were here, you kind of wished we were in more centrally located, so you could have gone out to bars every night. Uh, no, I, I mean I. Would I like there were times where I was like, oh, we could I could have stayed longer, but it's not like I we were leaving to go to like to some dump. Again, like it, it was no matter what we were doing, I was very happy to be there. So it's I can drink anywhere, it doesn't that's not like I was yeah. dying to go we, out and get wasted. We know this, uh, yeah, but no, I just I, I I mean, like we got to do we the places we went to were great, checked off the list, and at the end of the day, like when we weren't doing anything, we were sitting on the beachfront of Malibu. So no complaints at all. Yeah. So anyway, so I relaxed, people came over, different friends came over. Uh, 
and it was a really good relaxing i'm still in the middle of it but like it was it's been a very very relaxing time i got really drunk the other day and i may have called my ex-boyfriend and had a two and a half hour phone conversation with him anyway this week the girls work with todrick hall to record their own lyrics and perform a dance number to the rupaul song american the girls also each take turns in the hot seat on What's the Tea with RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Next, the girls perform the number for RuPaul before they all lip sync for their lives. In the end, RuPaul, whatever her name is, kept all four queens and moved them forward to the grand finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. Evan, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. All right. I liked a lot of things about the episode but so i'm gonna get really oddly specific and for the sake of not being basic and saying that i like things like the challenge of the runway i liked first that this episode cemented the legacy of vanessa vangie mateo that she has been mentioned or featured in every single episode of season 10 of drag race for being the first queen out i love that i think it's a great great like stat or whatever and she is an icon I liked that, and I also really liked Cameron this episode. And we'll Tell talk about, about it more, it. but I really, I really enjoyed <laughs> her moment with um, Todd Call, and I really liked um, the the general stuff, like kind of the the rhetoric of her um, like final stage like critique that she. I mean, again, I, I liked that she did not get presented to us as someone who was unworthy of being there because I think she really had the potential to get a lot of crap for being in the top four. One thing I did not like, I, this was the one episode that did not need to be 90 minutes long. And they were really stretching with these, like with these little bits of drama they were trying to make, like with, uh, with the uh, Cameron's makeup station and the little, you know, banter with uh, Asia O'Hare and Eureka about Cameron singing. Like, that stuff would, I feel like, would have never made the final cut if they didn't have a 90 minute time slot to fill. And it just, this one definitely kind of dragged on. Pardon the pun. Um, what I liked about the episode, I really, lo- let me do two things I liked. Um, oh, I loved, okay, both of them are Aquaria related. I loved Aquaria's dance moves. I didn't realize she's a good fucking dancer. Like, oh, yeah. she was like, as good and as sharp and on point as the professionals, you know, that were there. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, friend, of, I can I can reveal this tea now, but friend of the show, Jake Dupree, was supposed to be one of the dancers. He couldn't make it, though, because he had a, a prior paid engagement. So he couldn't actually make it to the he couldn't he couldn't accept the gig, but he was supposed to be on this episode. And ah. what's wrong? It's a bummer. It would have been great to see him oh. on it. So then, well, you know, Jake Dupree did send me a picture from the set. He is in Blair St. Clair just filmed her latest music video and Jake Dupree is in it. And oh, he, yeah. He sent me a picture from the set. Okay. Of him with Blair. So um, Jake Dupree and I have become friends. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. We still haven't met. You guys didn't do dinner? No, we both flaked. And then we both pretended like we didn't really flake. It was, it was really, really strange. Anyway, but we do text all the time. Um, he, he's, I think it's better if, if the, in his fantasy, because he, you know, he's heard my voice many times. And I realize I have the voice of a sexy person. The reality is I look like if Emerald Lagasse got a curse by a genie, right? So... <laughs> 
So, like, if someone did a voodoo curse on Emerald Lagasse. So, anyway, uh, the um, he was supposed to be in this episode, but I thought her dancing was on point next. Probably one of the only real and honest and touching moments from this show was Aquaria crying when she realized sort of the enormity of it all when she was in the rehearsal for the number, and she mm-hmm. cried. I thought that was so cute and so adorable and so wonderful. And everything. Now, for the thing I didn't like, I would have said the same thing um, you said, even though you were generous when you said it didn't need to be 90 minutes. I don't think it needed to be one minute. You didn't need this episode. Yeah, but I mean, I think we think this because we have just seen it on on All Stars three. Like, if that 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 was that's a big that's a big number for like the end of a season. I thought okay, but that's not, but that's not the thing I didn't like. The thing I didn't like, and I was it was. This episode was so the same episode we've seen before, and it was one of these things where RuPaul did the fake cry, and it was just, I hate, hate, yeah. hate the what would little you know Giovanni say to what would you what would you say to little Giovanni or something like that, and I hate that it's super cringy to me. It's been cringy since season seven. It's never stopped being cringy. I hate it. I hate I- hate, hate it. So I thought the the RuPaul the segment at RuPaul's uh, Michelle Visage's "Tell Me About Your Dead Parents" podcast was more cringy than than the the picture moment this season because well, no, no one like started sobbing. Yeah, well, but I know they didn't sob. But it's it's a common. It's the whole thing. It's the it's the sort of lurid details that they want you to throw up on this show if you want to have a chance uh, at winning the competition. Even though what's funny is. Um, it seems from this episode, don't read into what I'm saying, based on this episode, you the way RuPaul talks about Aquaria or anything, it seems like it's kind of Aquarius to lose. And that's based on this episode, not based on anything else. Yeah. Um, but, but RuPaul, I mean, RuPaul literally during the judging table said that Ru, that Aquarius looks are in the top five of the history of the show. I mean... It's 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 insane. Like so, like that's why I'm basing it on that. Before I start getting tweets that I'm tipping my hand. By the way, no one knows who wins the show because they film multiple endings, and so everybody had their chance essentially at getting yeah. the crown. So, um, so not, neither not Evan nor I know who won the show. Oh, ma'am. So anyway, uh, okay. So uh, let's move on. After Crocker's elimination, the girls celebrate their placement in the top four. Asia wants to apologize to Cracker and Eureka. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Wants to apologize to Cracker, and Eureka seems to be getting on the nerves of the other O'Hara. Now, bitch, Asia, I want you to look in this mirror at my face and tell me it does not look amazing. <laughs> look at this. I'd rather not. Asia, admit it. It's something. You just hurt me. If I hurt you, you fished for that pain, sister. No, I fished for a compliment. All right, Evan Ayers, what did you think of this uh, whole, the whole first act here, the teaser? This is actually called the teaser right here, where uh, Asia is, a, um, is apologizing for saying that Cracker is not a star, even though she does say uh, in the confessional she, that she's not a star. Yeah. Mm, my thoughts on that are very strong because she literally, like, she made the effort to apologize and then made the effort to go back in the confessional and still say that she felt it. Mm-hmm. That was not a good look for Asia, I thought, and uh, not a good start to the episode for her at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. And what about Eureka? It seemed like, to be well, let me get your opinion. What did you think about the whole Eureka getting on, on Asia's nerves? I think they get on each other's nerves 
inherently. I mean, I think Eureka, again, this is the, we talk about like the times that Aquaria has been mildly like annoying or, or crabby has always been these times at the end of the runway bit. So I'm sure by then I'd be sick of being around Eureka, around Eureka or any of those people just because you've been in drag all day with them. Um, I, I just think there's less people for Eureka to uh, annoy and Asia just happened to be around her. Not that I think Eureka is bad, but mm-hmm. she's a big personality and she, you know, it's, I feel like she could definitely push some buttons and for just being herself, which is fine. But yeah. So it's one of these things where, uh, I feel that they were the editors were trying to make a drama that didn't exist because even that's why I chose the clip that I chose is when you actually watch it. And I don't know if you could hear it. You could tell that they're having fun with each other. Not, Asia doesn't seem genuinely upset. Now, when maybe she says one thing in the confessionals, but in the clip, it didn't sound like they, they sound like they were having fun with each other. And look, by the end, they've been they're They're exhausted and they've yeah. been together for weeks you know like three weeks and seeing each other every day and i'm sure that they're very 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 sick of each other even though this does remind me remember that there was this tea uh was it aquaria or asia posted the instagram picture of aquaria asia and cracker on the last i mean can't cameron on the last day of shooting they're like oh we're going home now finally it was like and they said like freedom or something but but eureka wasn't in the picture and uh so maybe there is a real uh thing there um, okay. The, the next day, the girls enter the workroom ready for their maxi challenge. It isn't long before RuPaul walks down the stairs to deliver the instructions to the girls. Now this week, I want you to combine your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talents for mother and country for your final maxi challenge. You'll perform the song American, a new anthem I wrote to help unite this beautiful country of ours. First, you'll each write and record your own solo verse. Then, you'll meet with the incredible Todrick Hall, who will challenge you with the most difficult choreography of the season. And tomorrow, as a supergroup, you'll make America gay again with the world debut of American, the Rumix. You'll also exercise your First Amendment rights as guests on my podcast, RuPaul's What's the Tea with Michelle Visage. Okay, so from here on out, we're going to follow the path of each of the remaining four drag queens individually. So first up, Aquaria. On the podcast with RuPaul, Aquaria talked about her history with the show. And during her recording session, Aquaria had some trouble finding the octave. Curtains up with the lights flashing bright. Serving face and dress to the nines. Come on, give me my encore, baby. It's showtime. Okay. Can we try to knock some higher, Myron? You sound a little butchy, okay? Bonjour. Yeah, let's go there. Okay. All right, Evan Ayers, what were your thoughts on Aquarius' performance on What's the Tea and Aquarius' performance on um, the, the when she was recording the song? Um, I really, what I like so much about Aquaria, it could be best be exemplified in, or could be summed up in her um, bit on What's the Tea, where she's literally sitting down at 21 years old in front of two season or one season and one sidekick, you could argue, um, industry like legends that are way older than her and, uh, you know, have just so much more experience. 
and you can tell that they respect the living shit out of her. Like they really lo- like are gagged by this girl. And you can tell where they, they speak with her and are asking about her family and her name. Like it, she didn't get any of like the, the family drama or the, the awkward questions. I think they really just, they, what we saw at least they're really enjoying talking to her, but then she still wasn't afraid to be like, well, just make sure you make the checkout to me or, you know, I'm going to snatch that out of your hand regardless. Like, I think that she has this, this very, her work and what she's done on the show really commands or deserves the respect that she's gotten from them. But I like that she's still kind of spunky and has this weird attitude that would almost make her seem kind of like a brat. But yeah, I, I was impressed with her on that. As someone who has struggled to form sentences on podcasts before, I found it very nice to watch. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it was one of these things where, you know, then that we're going to find it on this episode is at this stage in the game, especially this particular episode that they produce, there's rarely anything bad about any of the drag queens. Every drag queen does amazing. Every drag queen's wonderful and awesome and perfect and looks like Linda Evangelista. So there isn't really much to say. She did fine. You're right. There isn't a lot of drama with her life. She's very young, so she hasn't lived enough life to... Unless she had some sort of tragic childhood, which sounds like a normal childhood, uh, there really isn't much to draw from. Because even the other queens, the ones with the dead parents and whatnot, even Eureka, it all happened to them in their 20s or later. So she's still in the beginning, early stages of her adulthood. So she doesn't have the tragedy that they do. Not that that's important or irrelevant to, you know, her being uh, elected or chosen as America's next drag superstar. But you're right. And in her, it seems like her singing thing went fine. Now, there is a funny thing on Reddit where there's a post which shows that the, there's nothing plugged into the mixer. I saw that. And so the, someone took a screenshot. So when Kumerspec is sitting right there in uh, at the table, what is, what is, you speak German, Evan. What does Kumerspec mean? Kumerspec? I actually don't know what that means. I, I think could, it might just be it might just be a name. It might be someone's name. Although in German the Germans are too literal to not have a have a word that doesn't mean something, but I I wouldn't know the meaning of it. So, now there was an engineer on the post who said that the microphone could have plugged into one outlet and you just didn't see it or something, but it it did, it did appear that way. But when you do hear Aquarius performance later in American and listen for this, it sounds very uh auto-tuned. Yeah. Also, quick question. Yes. Do you think that they record that podcast in that little area? Oh, for real? Yeah. No. There's no way, because I was like, I was like the, the pro that I am. I was like, those aren't microphones they would use. I just like, oh I no, those are microphones. That they, uh, I gotta remember what they look like, but um, the setup seemed real. It might be their real setup, and they were really recorded it. But I don't think they usually record it there. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay, do you have anything else to say in Aquaria? Uh, not right now. Nope. All right. So let's move on. On your read to Eureka. During her interview with Rue and Michelle, Eureka talked about fighting depression after going home on season nine and the difficulty of coping with her mom's illness. During her recording session, Todrick and the producers asked Eureka to make a particularly unique noise. Come on, y'all. Let's live free. I'm an elephant queen. What are you going to be? I just think you should just make an elephant noise at the end. Whatever How do you, you make do. an elephant noise? Like scream inside and do that at the same time. Is that right? Up, go up, like you're screaming. So bad. What is that? I can't even do it. Oh my god, I ain't never heard an elephant sound like that. 
All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on Eureka's performance on the podcast and Eureka's performance in the recording studio. I leave it to German people to know how to articulate a way to make an elephant sound. I couldn't. I would never know how to like tell someone. Um, I don't. I mean, this was kind of a like whatever. My thoughts on Eureka are mostly later on in the show. I thought that she was great. The podcast. It was a little uh, redundant just because we've heard all these stories, you know, in the confessional so far, and she's no not one to like shy away from her telling her stories and her feelings. So nothing for me, nothing was like groundbreaking, but you know, it was Eureka. I enjoy her. You. Um, yeah, you're right. I think you really nailed it. Is that it, this isn't stuff that we haven't heard before. You know, this is the standard issue. Like we know about her mom, which, you know, we saw her mom at the finale several times. We actually, when we were leaving, even we were passing her, she was waiting for like, her Uber or something. What what were your thoughts even seeing her in the flesh in person? Um, I mean, we saw I mean, we saw her whole family that was yeah. there. Um, I mean, she looked like someone who was going through throat cancer, uh, and it's a very very sad and very uh, devastating disease. And there was, um, I had, I don't know. She she seemed she was very present, and you know, I it, it was cute. I, we did catch her like coming going in the theater. Um, that stuff always gets me kind of emotional, but like that was cool for her. To, like, and you could just tell that, you know, it meant a lot for them to be there. You know, she was there. Well, she, I mean, it's a good thing. You know, she was able to make the the trip out there. So I'm sure that yeah, was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like? It's just, I hated her. Well, no, it's just like it's it's like the sentences never end. It's like, I'm sorry. No. I've had a really I've had a really bad week. I'm just trying to get through this. So anyway, uh, yeah, she looked fantastic. I actually thought she looked really good, to be honest with you. I mean, she's an old lady, and she had a lot going on, but I thought she looked good for what she's been going through. But anyway, as far as Eureka's performance on the show goes, uh, yeah, standard issue Eureka. I think, again, uh, in the the podcast interview, there was nothing new there. We've heard all this before. Uh, I think she's even talked about some of it on our very own show when we interviewed her last year. And so there was nothing particularly new about what Eureka said. So, uh, and, and then the, it seemed like her recording session went really, really well. So yeah, I mean, that's Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with this episode. It seems if, if they, if they do an episode, if they, cause this is the same number of episodes they had last season with the same pattern where next week's the reunion and the finale. So it yeah. seems like episode 12, this is literally a carbon copy of episode 12 from last year where there's, yeah. you know, the the final song challenge and they record what's the tea with Michelle and Rue and they record it and then they choreograph it and then they play the num they do the number and then they do the talk to the MSC so it's literally beat for beat the same episode twelve as last season yeah. and even then no matter what the episode twelve is when you get down to the final four they've exhausted every storyline there's nothing left to say and so everything we're hearing about Eureka it's not new. You yeah. know, and so, um, yeah. The only person we hear new things from was from the person that we haven't heard anything from. And that's, you know, coming I think, up. Uh, no, but also Asia. On the podcast with Rune Michelle, Asia O'Hara discussed her parents' death and also the important of uh, the importance of the advice RuPaul gave Asia in the previous challenge. During her recording session, Asia worked hard to find her inner Whitney. Her name was etched in sorrow, but now it's blasted in life. It seems like a little bit robotic. 
Her name was etched in salt, bro. You're singing about something that you should be so passionate about. I think it needs to be not so like, somebody told me to sing this and I'm trying to win. It's an emotion. It needs connection. Yeah. Who's your favorite icon diva? Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston would never, she would never be like, her name was etched in salt, bro. No. Find your inner Whitney. Okay, let's go. All right, Evan Ayers, your thoughts on Asia O'Hara. Um, so my thoughts on Asia O'Hara this bit are more directed towards Todrick. Okay. Um, I'm, I, I, I adore Todrick and I have, I'm not denying his talent and how amazing he is and what he brings to the show. They did him dirty with that editing though of, of his, of his, you know, one-on-one with her. He just seems so like over the top, like kind of sassy and like, I mean, obviously it was cut. So like cut it down, but, uh, that really annoyed me because I thought she sounded great both times and then with the podcast um the thing about asia is just she's so well spoken Mm -hmm. so i mean everything she says like it sounds like she's prepared like she's she is very articulate that comes from being from the pageant scene i would imagine um yeah i just i mean i don't i don't love it didn't i didn't understand where the connection of losing her parents came from except uh, as you mentioned like they've just got this bit they need to pull out and make a story for uh so it was a little uncomfortable but again she's she was good. Yeah, but that is something we learned on this episode. The, the dead parents had not come up at all this season. Oh, you know what? Well, I, I mean, you could argue that if you watched Untucked, there was a bit where she they, it comes up again. and But, yeah, there was, it wasn't really relevant at all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts on Asia O'Hara. I mean, yeah. like, she was fine. She pulled out her number. She talked about her dead parents on the podcast. I guess it was kind of emotional. Uh and you could tell RuPaul was just thrilled to because you know what's you know what here's what I'll say with Asia O'Hara it seemed like it came up more naturally where Eureka felt like she was trying to squeeze in the sick mom into the podcast you know and Asia O'Hara her parents being having passed away came up I feel in more of the course of the conversation it didn't feel like Asia was trying to bring that up. I'm only I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm not agreeing with you because I I think you could argue that Eureka or Eureka could at least kind of uh, blanket her doing that by saying that when she went on the sh- when she came back on the show, she promised her mom should make it to the end. And there she was at the end, which is why I think she came up. Maybe. No, she came up in a way that it was like, I think RuPaul asks her something like, where do you find your inspiration or something like that? Oh, yeah. So, all right, Cameron Michaels during the podcast with Rue and Michelle, Cameron continued the talk of sick or dead parents while during her recording session, Cameron raised her voice an octave and impressed Todrick. Hey, 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 you there. So can you repeat after me? Hey, you there, now pay attention to me. Right there. Hey, you there, now pay attention to me. That's where you need to be. Hey, you there, now pay attention to me. We fought for our right to love and be who we be. We will not be silenced and I won't sit down. I'm gay and proud, might not be loud, but I found my sound. That was so much better. Other than my crack, yeah, it was good. Fuck the crack. Sorry. Evan Ayers, your thoughts on... First of all, it's so funny how much nicer Todrick is to Cameron because he's so thirsty for her. I know. But, I mean, she did look really good in that little that little bit there. You know what's funny? Here's what's funny. 
Cameron doesn't do it for me, but there was one point in the show where she had glasses on, and I don't know why Cameron Michaels with glasses. I was like, oh, who's this? You mean it wasn't when she was in like a tool belt and had an axe and she was just saying trade no. did it for you? Nope. Didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. No. Um, okay. So that, uh, what do I think of that? What do I think of that? Oh, you know what? I, like I said, I really like this moment with Cedric because it was the first time that I think she felt confident in herself and the result was, was super rewarding for her. And the podcast was interesting because it was one of the rare times that I think RuPaul acknowledges that there's a world beyond the walls of his TV show mm-hmm. and saying like, Oh, the producers are, have told me that you are, uh, you can't stop talking when the cameras are off, but you put on this persona you know, to hide things when the cameras are on. Um, I thought it was interesting that they like chose to actually put that on there, but. Oh, what's funny maybe- is I read that as shade. Oh, I, I, I think it was shade. That was 100% shade. Like, but you know what? I, I have thoughts on that, yeah. if I can quickly say it. Well, I think I, you I have, be quick, like, but... at this point, you have to be, like, if Cameron Michaels was on season, like, two or three of Drag Race, mm-hmm. I think we probably would have seen the real her. But now, these queens that go on this show, like, they have to think about what what happens in that studio for those three or four weeks. is going to follow them the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And so, I you can't blame Cameron for being guarded in some degree, but I, I maybe she just took it a little too far. Where she was just non-existent. But yeah, that was definitely shade now that you mentioned it. No, I, I 100% blame Cameron. She knows exactly what she's getting into. They, she knows they're going to be invasive. There's no way you follow this show that you do drag, that you meet these girls and talk to them. She knows exactly. I mean, Willem talks about it at length. Pearl's talked about it. You know, the, the, Cameron knows what they're going for on this show. Look, they've been doing this episode 12 since season 7. Especially the the bit with talking to like uh, what would young Cam what would what would Cameron say to little Dante you know so mm-hmm. that his name Dante uh, I think I uh, no it's but it's something like that it's something like that Dane what would he say to little Dane you know Don, Dante Dan- Inferno she better don't and what would what would Evan say what would little Evan say to you right now about that horrible joke you just made he would say. He'd probably say whatever you want to say to me right now. You're fired? Well, yeah, probably. So anyway, um he, You are my inner saboteur. No, I'm just I'm just openly your saboteur. Anyway, <sighs> there's no inner. It's I'm out in the open about it. So anyway, your tongue is your inner saboteur. So what I'm trying to tell you is that Dane, that Cameron knows this, and in fact, even that bullshit where he went to the he was like, you know, I'm gonna go and be in the in uh, next to you guys in the makeup table, and then realize he I mean, always realized, but I think he, he must have clocked that there's a one way mirror, and he's like, I don't, like, I know he said it was hot, but that makes no fucking sense. I've been in that room. There's no way there's a huge temperature change uh, five feet from you. <laughs> Like, oh, have you been in that room, Joe? I have oh. been in that room. I was at Drag Can 2018, where they had the actual workroom from RuPaul's Drag Race set up, and I got there early as a VIP. VIP was the owner. Member oh. of the press, and I was in there by myself, or just a few people, which later I saw there were a ton of people there. But yeah, that's right, Evan. I <laughs> was in there by myself, running around. Just kind of like, first. A, I was like a door. When she walked into the workroom. Or was it Trixie? Who's the one that walked in first and ran around? Uh, 
Was it Katia? Was the person ran around? There was a person oh. who came in first. Maybe uh, oh. Katia walked out. Oh, she kind of like walked around and sniffed a bet. I said Betty like actually ran around the workroom, but there are other queens in the room there. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, the point is that Cameron knew what she was getting into. She she knew what. So if if Cameron was super talkative when the cameras weren't on, that is fucking you bitch. You know what you signed up for. Yeah. But you know they kept her. They kept her to the top four. So they didn't have to keep her. You know, didn't have to keep her. Later in the workroom, Eureka bugs Cameron to sing her part of the song, and people get annoyed with Eureka. Meanwhile, on Elimination Day, the girls talk all about what it would mean if they won the crown. I don't mean to be that girl, but can y'all believe that one of us in this workroom right now is going to be the winner of season 10? Yes, oh my gosh. I mean, I can believe it because, you know, I'm crazy and I think it's me. Well, I think you've done a lovely job for a first alternate. You know, uh, Evan, I forgot to put in the rehearsal for the choreography. That's when, when Aquaria cried. So we can throw that in here, too. What did you mm. think of all of that, of the, of the rehearsal, um, the Aquaria um, crying? I mean, that choreography is crazy. And I, I, it's just mind-boggling if you, if, when you actually like, are, you see how little time they have to learn that stuff. It really is so impressive. But I thought Aquaria's moment was actually, I agree with you, was very sincere and very charming. And especially knowing now that she has essentially identified with the art of drag for her, since she was three years old and has kind of grown up with this show, it probably was a very special moment for her. So I thought that was very endearing, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to see that from her. Yeah, it was. And then during the choreography, right, you got to see that moment. It was really sweet. The choreography segment was pretty standard. They all seemed to be getting it. No one was failing. It was hard for them, but yeah. no one seemed to be failing at the choreography Nearly not much to say apart from Aquaria crying. You're right. And then in terms of the elimination day and the we talked about Cameron moving to the station. You're right. They they tried to stretch this out as much as possible. But when you have four girls who've been together for three weeks and all the storylines have been um, exhausted, there's really just not much to put in an episode. I'm not, I'm not blaming the editors. I think that's just the nature of the show. And I feel the yeah. show's always like that at this stage. So now what we're going to do is we are going to actually jump into the song American. What we'll do, Evan, I'm going to play it. And then after each verse, we'll stop and talk about that person's verse. Does that sound right? Okay. All right. Let's start the song. Here he is. American. First up, Aquaria. That's RuPaul, though. These are all my friends. We are a family. Here's Aquaria. Bonjour. Curtains up with the lights flashing bright. The number one show stopping diva here for your delight. Life, liberty, and me. Serving face and dress to the nines. Come on, give me my encore, baby. It's showtime. Turning looks. Stunting pretty. I'm the best from New York City. Playing at the parties, and I know that I am carrying. I might be an Aquarian, but I am American, American, American. All right, let's stop, let's stop right there, Evan. What were your thoughts on Aquarius? Verse? I'm just, I, I just, I'm so happy for her. I thought it was very good, and I should, I should preface. I happen to really like American, like the song before the remix. So I'm really happy about this pro- this final result. So um, I'm I thought she did great. She looked amazing. She looked like Madonna. She danced amazing, and I thought it was spot on lyric wise. She delivered very well. Yeah, it's it it is um, auto tuned to fucking death. You can almost hear 
the, oh, yeah. the overmodulated auto tune. But her dancing, she looked amazing. The dancing was spot on. It was, it, to be honest with you, I'm going to say it right now. Everybody's dancing was spot on. Hers was particularly better than everybody else's, but no one failed at the dancing. No, there was no, I mean, there was no like one person that like, there was no Roxy Andrews verse of this, this segment here. Everyone really delivered. Yeah. I, but what I'm saying right now, that's all I'm going to comment on the dancing is that okay. Aquaria nailed it. She, she killed it with the dancing. She's the best one of the four for the dancing. But for me, I mean, everything else is like, there's nothing else to say about the other three in terms of the dancing. They were fine. I thought, well, Rika's, but that's okay. No, you, girl, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Here we go. Let's move on with the next verse. Here we go. Her name was etched in soft robe, but now it's blasted in lights. What beauty that can blossom out of dark, cold nights. All right, Evan, your thoughts on uh, Asia O'Hara's verse? I know Ross Matthews said it, but that was some good shit. Like that's some po- that's some political poetry. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was very good and very much uh, representative of what Asia will, how Asia interprets the responsibility of potentially being the winner of this show and like kind of what she wants to do with the image of 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 representing Drag Race and the importance of queer culture in America. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I thought, it, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Look, look this this number blew me away the way like maybe uh, Reggie wrote you blew me away, or maybe even Kitty Girl video blew me away. No, it's better than season nine's. I can't even remember yeah. season nine. Season I thought season. I think we were thinking season nine's was really bad. Um, it, well, it was just on the main stage, so it just didn't seem like as epic. Like the this was this was like um, obviously in a different studio or whatever. So this was a bigger scale production. What song did they do too? It, oh, it's terrible. It was the, uh, not terrible, but it was the category is. Oh, no, it's a horrible song. Yeah. American's good. Also, real quick, before we leave Asia, was she wearing a sponge dress or am I just seeing things that I want to be there? I think maybe you're seeing that. I don't remember what she wore, but I don't, I don't it was, know clock either. It looked spongy to me. Go on. All right. American. Eureka, you found it. Watch me smile and watch me say, cause I'm living for my truth self every day. It's not about your color, gender, or size, but if we come together, we can rise. I came from nothing, made me want to scream, but I fought for my pick of the American dream. You can be a stripe and get in line, or be a star and not be defined. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Live free. I'm the elephant queen. What are you going to be? I am American, American, all right, Evan, your thoughts on the on your uh, no Eureka's verse? Again, I, I, did she surprise me that she could rap? No, because honestly, like this bitch can really do anything. I'm I'm very impressed with her here. Um, I thought she did that. Her rapping was good for her, and I think it was like what she needed to kind of have a little edge or to kind of break away from what we expect. And the, they mentioned this, but like her choreography and those heels, she is crazy. Like she owes her team of doctors that fixed her damn knee 
so many drinks or something after like the amount of anxiety they must have had watching her do that after the, mm-hmm. what she went through on nine. Um, she turned it and her flipping that wig girl work. All right. What'd you think? Um, fine. <laughs> I will say I like the allusion to uh, All Stars 2 Red You Wrote You with the uh, Roxy Andrews verse when she said makes me want to scream and she actually did the same move that Roxy did. See, she's she's good at that. She's done that a few times this season. She's, she, she's good at referencing old drag race season, yeah. Because she got, remember the, and quick at it too. Like, I'm still impressed that she you did You got the, me, gal, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I'm still impressed by that. Let's move on. boy from tennessee men for more top four hey you there now pay attention to me we fought for our right to love and be who we be we will not be silenced and i won't sit down i'm gay and proud might not be loud but i found my sound kids call me names and try to tear me down but i big old dreams bigger than my small town now here i am with mama rue american just like you I'm gonna, let this, I'm gonna let the song finish. It's almost done, but all right. Your thoughts on Cameron's verse, Evan? I, I mean, one besides other than hers, just sounding great. I thought those lyrics, once again, mm-hmm. for how little time they had to write it, I think it totally encompassed her experience on drag race and i thought it was a very um nice period not exclamation point on her time on drag race i thought she sounded great and i it clearly was a hit that you know the judges were very taken taken by it so i i thought it was good i was i'm really impressed with this whole thing i don't love the drum line at the end i don't know why that bothers me because but that's about it well they need something to dance to true um okay uh well over on patreon uh, Evan and I discussed Evan's trip to California as well as our attendance at the taping of the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. This coming week on the rumor mill, we're turning our sights on All Stars 4 in Season 11 and the Queens rumored to be on those seasons. To learn more, head over to patreon.com slash drag race recap. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. I don't have the wink set up. You're just going to have to deal. There's no wink this week. All right. Oh. You know what? Maybe you know what we can make it happen. There's no. This is a. This is a real show, Evan. Here we go. I'm glad my elephant noise is bad enough to make you want to go get the wind yeah. noise. There you go. Now it's time for the looks. All right, Evan, your thoughts on um, the look this week? First, oh, I was going to try to do the, the runway thing. Um, You know what? I really, really thought all four of them nailed it. Um, if you want to go down the line, Aquaria looked insane, insanely gorgeous, and it was something different from what we've seen from her before, but it was still very much 
Aquaria that we were getting. We don't really ever see her wearing like a gown or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was very classy and very nice. Her hair was stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she looked, she looked absolutely amazing. Uh, who was next? Asia was, again, looked, she had that blue kind of Egyptian inspired uh, thing where she had like the, the jewel on her chin. Um, I thought she, also she looked amazing. And something that, this is not a spoiler by any means, but now that I've seen Asia O'Hara in person and not in person and in person far away, she is so stunning visually, like her makeup and just the colors that she wears and the way she contrasts it with, with her makeup and everything she puts on. She is just, she's so radiant. So I can only imagine if it was beautiful on television, how it looked, you know, in person. So she looked great. Eureka, I think was next. And Eureka had that white dress um, that was, literally spelled out eureka and had the definition of what it means and then had the the spotlight or the, the light bulbs on top um i think that's the only one that people could argue was either a hit or a miss i think it perfectly um encapsulates eureka aesthetic at least i think she may have said this too but she's she's campy but she's also polished and she's uh very very refined in that way and i think that she put that together very well and i thought it it was a very like uh that's what i'm looking for she was the only one that could pull something that off and i thought she did look good and the judges seemed to like it as well and the last one was cameron which was my favorite look i thought cameron looked absolutely stunning in that lavender and her proportions were just so well done that i think like she is such a masculine man and she looked very feminine um the hair was gorgeous i thought that the lavender hair and i loved the stupid pun that carson gave the lavender i don't even know her i don't know, you know why it's so funny that. when i heard that horrible joke i thought about you it's so funny I, I got i'm not even kidding i got seven text messages from that like <laughs> from people they're like are you screaming right now um i was glad i wasn't around because i would have people because i got really excited but yeah i thought the looks were stunning they looked amazing very much uh four different styles of drag different types of drag aesthetically and performance wise and i think it is an overall good representation and a very 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 strong top four on the runway uh all right well look here here are my thoughts on the looks they all look great all right <laughs> they did they all look great and i mean they... no, yeah i mean i mean truly like, there's there's not anything that i mean i think rupaul was the worst one out of all of them evan you saw me right you saw me uh-huh. every day for eight days uh-huh. Should I ever be talking about anybody's looks ever? That I mean, that, that there's no. I'm not answering that question. Why not? You called me Macklemore. I never think that was an insult. It's true. I don't think it, you know. You know, I don't think that you ever. You never insulted their looks, unless. No, I'm just I, saying. Like, I I dress in a black t-shirt and jeans every day of my life. Yeah, you made a good point. Podcasting is a audio medium and. That part of the show is very visual, and so it's just unless you really know, unless you're your cousin and Javi, you it's very difficult to confidently speak about. Well, what I would love to do, we're actually we have the technology now. Um, there's some services that want us to pay for it. I didn't want to do it this season, where you could listen to the podcast and on your uh, browser or wherever you want listen to the podcast. The actual we could put it to time it so that when we're talking about that look. The picture of that outfit comes up on your screen. Oh, come on, unlimited data fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that data that technology exists. 
Uh, those services have already contacted me, but they cost money, and I don't mind spending the money. That's what the Patreon's for. I just uh-huh. thought it wasn't worth it this season because I think well, I got well. No, 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 no. I got contacted by like episode six or something, episode wow. seven. I was like, well, I'm not going to introduce it now because maybe it'll get a bit, the technology will be even a little better by the time All Stars Four airs. Yeah, and we'll introduce it on in coming seasons. But we're gonna we're gonna go to that so that then then I'm more invested because then you could look at your phone or you could look at whatever device you have and look at the look that we're looking at and uh, see what we're talking about. Then it. Then and then I think so that'll bad. also encourage us to maybe be to give a little more thought or you know consideration into actually how we talk about it because you know it's it is hard to talk about something that you know you're not going to see the final product of on mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cool. All right. Over on the judges panel, Rue trotted out her old standby by having the queens address photos of their younger selves. Shay was so emotional. Peppermint was stronger. Sasha Velour and Trinity were all white, but it's okay. Yeah. You know what I literally did? I you literally took the seat. I was like, wait a minute. I went to season nine script. I went to episode 12, season <laughs> nine, and just copied what I wrote for that script here. You know Be- Keep it in. No, I am keeping it. What are you talking about? I did it on purpose. Oh, you did? Yes. That's funny. To show like how similar all you had to do was replace the queen's names and it was the same fucking segment. You know? And You're so funny. So anyway, so let's talk about this segment. The girls say why they're gonna be why they want to be America's next drag superstar, and then they address their younger selves. Your thought on this segment? Oh, and then Rufate cried. She is. I want to. I want this to be on the motherfucking record. I don't know if anybody from WoW listens to the show. I don't know if any producers listen to the show. I prefer if they didn't. But I'm telling you right now, RuPaul. And you know she's gonna be acting in a TV show. She's gonna be acting in a TV show that's coming out on Netflix, right? Where she's the star. And she's playing a character. She is the worst motherfucking actress of all time. She is the worst fake crier. It's like the worst fake cry I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I'm gonna try and do. I'm gonna try and do a better fake cry. No, I can't. I can't even think. Like, it's like, wait, wait. It just really touches my soul to see you guys up on that stage. And I'm like, oh, bitch, you, you've been shed a real tear since 1986. Thank you. I have nothing to say because I don't agree. I think she doesn't. No, wait, wait. That means you should, you should have a lot to say if you don't agree. Oh, I think that she, I interpret it as she probably doesn't want to mess up that makeup. Or she's probably just worried about looking ugly or gross. I, I do not think it's totally genuine. But is she the worst fake crier on the show? No. But whatever. I think she's a, she can, it would be weird if she didn't, if there wasn't some sort of moment where she's like, I'm proud of you guys. Like, it would be a little strange. So I think it's a necessary component. Take it or leave it. Well, no, but but you said she's not the worst fake crier on the show. Who's worse than she is at fake crying? Michelle Visage. Or the worst actress, at least. You've talked, you've on a record and said that Michelle's a terrible actress. She is a terrible actress. And you know what's so funny is she auditions all the time to be on these TV shows. I think she auditioned, there was something, I think for that, what was that? She just got canceled. The one with, um, Kevin James that was just on where the wife died. I think she auditioned to be the wife on that show. Well, I thought we were on a spoiler podcast. Jeez. Well, the show's over. So I don't know. It's just, yeah, they're all, they're not. Um, okay. But so my thoughts, my thoughts on that segment though, uh, weird, cringy. Yes. But again, if you think about the show and the audience that it reaches, I think it's important. I think it's really easy for us to be critical of that because we know it's a part of the show now. And, you and I are both gay people, so a lot of, no, a lot of the messages... What are you talking that, about? I'm saying 
the where the where they where they speak to their former selves. Mm-hmm. What would you? Okay, I, let's do this. Let's do this. No, I'm not. I'm not talking to my former self because I have too much to say, and I already talked too much anyway. What would you say to your former? What, what, what would you know? What that's, that's a very good point, Evan uh, Ayers. Hold on, Evan Ayers. What would you say? What what was, what was your what's your real name? Evan Ayers. <laughs> well, does anyone from the IRS listen to this? Uh, okay. What would I say? Oh, God. Evan Ayers, what would you say to little five-year-old Evan? Go home. No, I would say that you should uh, put the burger down. Don't drink all the whole milk just because you can. Here's the deal. You're trying to be funny. Don't stop trying to be funny. It's going to make your thighs fat, and Joe Patance is going to call you one day to do a show and tell him to go to therapy before he uh, gets on the air. I would also tell him to... That was the humor police coming to get you. I literally, my Uber's here. Um, he would tell you, I would tell him to be excited that you're different than everybody because one day uh, being different is going to be something that makes you special. I would tell you to um, spend more time with your grandmother. And I would tell him to um, believe in himself a little more because you are going to go through some things that aren't easy, but the things that aren't easy are often the things that um, make you stronger. So I would tell him to encourage, uh, encourage adversity. And I would, I would also tell him to uh, start taking German lessons earlier too, because you could have skipped a lot of class in college. Okay. What would you say I should have prepped that. I knew you. I should have known you were going to make me do that. I didn't think about it till right now. Oh. Um. What would I say? Um. I would say. Your. I think I, I was always plagued by something growing up. Well, not necessarily very young, but I remember being like. Well, this is what I would say to the little kid. Like I have, I have different advice for different people in different stages of, 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 diff, of Joe Batanz at different stages in his life. What's it like to have like eight decades of life to look back that, on? Well, that's what you're going to hear about. Maybe like five to ten year old Joe Batanz, I would say you may be different and you may be weird right now, but it'll pay off, you know? Uh, in ways that people will admire you for those very reasons that you were peculiar as a kid. And uh, I would say also you know I was um, I'm trying to find a white way to say this without causing too much drama but because um, I, I don't think I ever said this on the air at least not on this show. I was, for over a long period of time, taken advantage of by a family member, you know, Mm -hmm. from like five to 12, I would say. And I remember it freaking me the fuck out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember, and this is like, it's weird because it's almost kind of funny now. It's the kind of thing that would make Taylor laugh, but... I remember when Rock, I was very young, and when Rock Hudson, do you know who Rock Hudson is? 
Yes, I do. Are you being fake right now? No, this is oh. your moment. Oh, yeah, okay. I knew Rock Hudson is. When Rock Hudson died, I mean, this is it was because of Rock Hudson that the national spotlight was turned on AIDS. You know, it was only kind of happening in hush. It was happening and it was a, a, a crisis, but it wasn't, the country wasn't aware of it till Rock Hudson died of it. And I remember the media talking about it, but obviously they were very, they just made it seem because it was the media they were going to say, and they didn't know either. But as a little boy, I just understood it that if you were gay, you would get this disease. And I remember, um, We would be jacking off right now. I remember um, just lying awake at night crying uh-huh. because I thought like I was gonna die just because I was gay. And um, cause I didn't understand. I just thought like it was like some sort of punishment. Oh, and it wasn't even. I just thought because, you know, someone was doing stuff to me and it wasn't even like by choice. It was like eight, you know? Yeah. And I just thought, oh, I'm going to be punished for this. And, um, that was, as I would say, like, that's not true. It's not true at all. Well, clearly. <laughs> Oh, really? It's not true, Evan? <laughs> okay, you just go... You know what? Okay. Thank, and I'm going to be RuPaul. Joe, thank you so much. Well, I'm not done. I, that was I've just... decided to eliminate. Yeah. Um, so, there's that. And then, um, you know, I think when I hit, like... Because I really kind of came into my own in my later teenage years. Like, I really I really hit my peak. and Not peak, but, like, I really blossomed in college. But I always, you know, coming from a Mexican family, they just want you to go the very traditional route. They want you to go to college and become, like, a lawyer or an accountant or an engineer or something like that. And I was always very talented in writing and performing and stuff like that. And I had a friend who was literally, like, our parents grew up together. But his parents encouraged him to pursue like comedy and all the same stuff that we were interested in. And he became successful in show business, you know, and I was funnier than he was, you know, he was a not funny one, but he was encouraged. And I think I wish just don't listen to your, just be you, you know, just fuck your parents. And I've learned that over the years and my parents don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But at the time I went a more traditional route in college and I th- and then I'd always I think and I think the media really and this would be advice I would give to you or anyone younger Aiden Deem or whoever is don't listen to the media because this is the biggest mistake I always made I always thought I was too old and I had missed my shot because you see like those like Forbes magazine like the twenty most successful people under twenty or the thirty under thirty you know I would always be like oh I missed my shot if I'm not successful at twenty five at this then and. Had I known that, I was still, like, that's why sometimes I meet people, like, who are 24, 23, and they're like, oh, I'm too old. I'm like, no, bitch, you're such a baby. Even you, Evan, you're such a fucking baby, and you don't realize what a baby you are, you know, because you're facing adult problems, but you're still such a baby. So I would tell 25-year-old Joe, like, 
no, bitch, keep going. Like, you're on the right track. And I still think even I'm on the right track, you know? That, that's why, thank God, I found podcasting, you know? And it's it's never too late. That's what I would say to the past Joe. It's never too late. And I've had a very wonderful life because I realized at certain points, since I've done different things, but in terms of show business... I think I would have pursued things differently. I always, I just always thought I was too old. I remember being 25 and writing music videos and thinking, oh, I'm too old for this. And I'm like, oh my God, I was such a fucking baby. I was a yeah. child, you know? And that, that's the, those are the different pieces of advice I would give. Also, you know what, too? Is I had a pretty happy childhood. And... um. I think I wish I would have appreciated just the four of us being together more. Anyway. Oh. You're a stupid bit. I'm stupid? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Back on the main stage, all four um, girls were forced okay. to... What were you going to say? I'm just going to say how much I love you. I love you, too. All right, back on the main stage, all four girls were forced to lip-sync for no reason whatsoever. The song... Call Me Mother. Guess who back in the house? Heels put clack in a bow. Fine, fresh, feminine style to 11. I'm divine, so heavenly gentlemen sweat. Lips down, cross the board, no doubt. Body like, wow. She back in this trap. In the end, RuPaul you should have eliminated. played the big beat instead. What's the big beat? Oh, the, it's not funny. It's the song. In the end, RuPaul eliminated no one, and all four girls were headed to the grand finale, where America's next drag superstar will be crowned. Evan Ayers, any final thoughts on the episode? Anything you wanted to say that we missed? Um, only final thoughts would just be that, despite it sounding like I think we all, I think we can agree that this episode was. Uh, nothing groundbreaking or cra- like you know nothing crazy was revealed or it wasn't we could have predicted this outcome that they all four were going to stay um but i think it really just is a testament to how great and how polished each one of these queens are and i actually do really like that each one of them kind of represents a different um not just style of drag but a different um sphere of the queer community and i think that this is a really strong top four and i'm um in seasons past you know, I think there have been times where you're like, ugh, like, you know, did Darian Lake have to be there? Or you being frustrated with, with like a certain queen that making it to the top four. Um, I think they all deserve to be there and they got there their own way. And I thought it was a very, very good wrap up leading into the reunion finale. You know what's so funny is do you really feel Cameron should be there? I do. I do. And I think she does because despite what i mean objectively she obviously did not win as many challenges but i almost think it's more impressive to fail as many times as, as she has or to trip up and to still like come back and and continue to fight i know it sounds dumb because i mean her narrative was was determined by rupaul who decides who wins the lip syncs but she i mean she knew what she had to do and she, she played to her advantage did i don't obviously she didn't want to like lose these challenges or be in the bottom two um, and I think there is something very um, commendable for that. And 
do I think if she wins, why do I think that'll be justifiable? No, but I think she certainly deserved and earned her place in the top in the top four with how she uh, carried herself and how she responded to adversity in in those situations. I stand by that. I don't know. I think I'd love to have seen Monet in the top four. I feel Monet got robbed. Not Miss Cracker. There was a whole justice for Miss Cracker. Mm-hmm. I think Monet would have been amazing in the top four. You know uh, what? I have I watched that lip sync of Monet so many times where she does that fake death drop. Mm-hmm. That brings me that brings me back when I need it. So I encourage you to watch that if you need a life. Um, also, uh, I'm gonna say like it was a sort because this is an amazing final four lip sync. I will say, but the mistake mm-hmm. is all the women aren't gowned, so they can't really dance and do death drops and do all the. This is this is a song that begs for you to do some sweet ass moves. Yeah. And I was saying, I told someone they should have done the the version that Ben to the Creme lip sync to in All Stars Three as Julie Andrews. <laughs> um, I I mean I guess you know. That could have been good. There, there um, what? No way it would have happened. <laughs> All right. Any other final thoughts on the episode before we go to the reunion next week, Evan? Nope. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. So, for Evan Ayers and myself, sashay away. Until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's J O E. B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 